Friday, March 13th, the FMCSA issued an emergency declaration providing an exemption for the hours of service regulations. I am going to give you practical advice and give you points to consider when you are dealing with this exemption throughout the week because all over social media and everyone that called me and texted me over the last two days have all been confused on how to apply this declaration and or they just thought it was a full-on waiver to the hours of service. No joke, I had someone text me saying, yay, no more ELDs, Cassandra, boom. No, no, no. Uh, I, I am protective over my friends and everyone in the transportation industry, so I am not a fan of this emergency declaration. Um, I understand why it's in place. I understand the good behind it, blah, blah, blah. I am selfish. I love everyone in the transportation industry, so I'm going to be protective over you guys. So please remember this when you're, when you're listening to what I have to say about this emergency declaration. I'm, oh, by the way, I'm Cassandra Gaines. Welcome to More Freight, More Problems. You can tell how passionate I am about these types of topics because I don't even remember to uh, introduce myself. I'm a risk consultant, uh, and I'm also a transportation lawyer. I am not going to regurgitate this emergency declaration for you. Y'all can read it. It's pretty easy. It's in simple language. What makes it difficult to apply is because there's a lot of gray, and they probably drafted it with some gray. I don't like any of my clients relying on the emergency declaration unless it's very limited situations. So here is my advice and tips and points for you to think and consider. First of all, first and most important, safety first and foremost. You hear me talk about this all over social media everywhere I present, safety first and foremost. So if you are tired drivers, you come first. You stop. You don't drive. We don't need that toilet paper. We need you safe. So safety first and foremost. I know (laughs) that the hours of service uh, regulations, they annoy folks. And I know that people are starting to perceive this emergency declaration as a waiver of all the hours of service, ELD requirements, and that's not true. And they're put in place to, or they attempted to put in place to protect our drivers and our community from fatigue-related accidents. So they are there for a reason, uh, whether you believe in them or not, but you come first, drivers. Fatigue means you don't drive. Number two. Here's my number two. This is a big one, too. You all have seen the verdicts across the country. Plaintiff attorneys are making a lot of money on these lawsuits that you're hearing about. And also people are getting injured in trucking accidents. So the hammer is waiting for you to mess up here, folks. They're waiting for you to be out there driving, thinking it's an utter waiver to all hours of service regulations. They also, these plaintiff attorneys, know that the this ED will not be an excuse for why a driver caused an accident related to fatigue or caused an accident in general or allegedly caused an accident. So know that if you're driving and the, the, the shipment does qualify as an exemption to the hours of service of regulations, i.e., 
the hours of service regulations don't apply. If you're still getting an accident or are accused of causing an accident, you can't rely on the ED. It's you still got to be responsible for the accident. So with those two major points being stated, and now you can see why I don't like you guys running loads, violating the hours of service, even if you qualify for this exemption or waiver. I don't like it because of those first two points. Let me talk to you about the practicality, how to apply the ED um, to your shipments and if you decide you want to utilize this exemption. First, I want you to have a team meeting. Don't self-declare, okay? Do not self-declare that, oh, no, this shipment has some hand sanitizer in it, and I saw something in there that said hand sanitizer, so no more hours of service for me. Boom. No, 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 no. First, have a team meeting. I want you guys to talk to a lawyer if you can, because it's not worth the legal trouble you're going to get into or causing an accident or anything else. It's not worth it. So don't self-declare the ED. Understand the commodity, the lane, and the reasons behind the shipment. And here's another little Cassandra event. I am a cynical, cynical New Yorker and lawyer. So if the shipper's telling you that the shipment is blah, I want that in writing, even beyond the bill lading, and I'll get into that in just a minute. So protect yourself and remember that. Um... So here, if you want to analyze whether this shipment is going to be excluded and the hours of service regulations do not apply to this particular shipment, here are a couple rules, okay? One, ED does not apply to routine shipments. In my mind, it's kind of hard, that's weird. But in my mind, that would mean things that we've contracted for in advance um, and it and you've run this lane before at the same day, same time, it's not abnormal for you to run this lane. Um, it could be the same lane and you're doing duplicates because you're trying to get food to stores and it's way more than you've done in the past. I don't think that's routine because it's way more than you've done in the past. So if it's something every Tuesday from 9 a.m. to blah, 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 you run the shipments, that doesn't apply. So the ED does not apply to mixed shipments of qualifying and non-qualifying commodities. I'm going to give you a list of the qualifying commodities in just a minute. But know that if you've got some qualifying commodities, for example, hand sanitizer, but then you have some non-qualifying commodities like bicycles, um, that then it doesn't qualify for an exemption. Number three, the shipment must consist entirely of, entirely, all of it of the qual the following qualifying commodities. Go to the ED and read it. Um, and on the DOT's website or on LinkedIn, I have an article that has a link to it. Go through and read it. Because again, I'm not regurgitating what it says exactly. I'm giving you uh, the application. So uh, to basically boil this down to what you need to know, here are the qualifying commodities. You're going to know one, let's see, one, two of these you're going to know automatically, right? Medical supplies and equipments and uh, that, that relate to the diagnosis and treatment of coronavirus or they relate to quarantine and isolation facilities of coronavirus, which is kind of scary. Are they going to start quarantining us? Oh, my. Um, isolating us? Could be. So those two, you're probably going to know right away. 
the other two are a little bit more gray. And they talk about how you could be running loads necessary for sanitation and prevention of the coronavirus. So they list out masks, gloves, hand sanitizer, soap, and disinfectants. So you've got a full shipment of those items, only those items. So it can't be masks and bicycles. It's got to be all masks or masks and gloves. All masks, gloves, hand sanitizer, soaps, and disinfectants. You get what I'm saying, though. No mixing stuff in. Uh, so that one is, that one's okay. That works. But then here's a really great one. Food for emergency restocking of stores. So maybe we'll get more details later on, or maybe I'm a dumbass and I don't get what, what the details are with this. But first of all, I think it's a self-declaration of an emergency. So the shipper views it as the shipper would know best, I guess. Hey, we have no milk in this store here in Tampa, Florida. So carrier, you've got to run this full truckload of milk all the way to this store in Tampa to restock. To me, that would qualify for the exemption um, because it's food and there's emergency restocking of stores. So maybe we'll figure out more details, but that's how I would handle that. But again, I would want some insurances. I would want that statement in an email in my hands that says this is an emergency restocking of our store located in blah that does not have milk um, and um, this is not a routine shipment. Uh, something like that. Have that in an email from the customer. Have it printed out with your bill of lading and that bill of lading better not have FAK or miscellaneous blah blah blah. Nah, it should have milk for restocking of stores, milk for emergency restocking of stores, Some, as much detail as possible. But you see where I'm going because if you guys get pulled over and you're trying to defend the violation of hours of service, you need as much right there in front of you as possible. The other point is that once the driver ha- is done and delivered the shipment, the driver needs a rest for 10 hours. So it's not balls to the wall, like, let's just run loads, run loads, 24-7. Nope. Once you're done, then you got to rest for 10 hours. And then it starts all over again. So they they did write this to make sure that nobody's continuously running nonstop uh, shipments. Um, and I think that if you need to return equipment to a nearby terminal, this... Uh, this exemption will allow you to and then rest for 10 hours. Notice I said nearby, by the way. So don't be driving. I'm in Texas and I got to drive back to Tennessee, drop off my equipment. Mm-mm. And let's let's go back to the fact that safety first and foremost, driving fatigue, driving an 80,000 pound truck, tired, is dangerous. Here's the other thing. I'm only talking about the hours of service. So this is not related to drug and alcohol requirements. This is not related to driver's license, financial responsibility, hazmat requirements, size and weight restrictions, nothing else. You're not going balls to the walls. Just load up my truck. I'm going to, doesn't matter because there's an emergency exemption. No, 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 no. It's just hours of service. You only get one shipment because you got to rest for 10 hours afterward. And you've got to have these qualifying commodities. No mixing the loads. You see... I've been talking for a while, so this puppy is more complex than what it originally looks like, and it's you got to be careful with this exemption. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like anything about it. I do not want drivers out there tired, and maybe that's the nature of the beast. I apologize if I'm being skeptical, 
I also uh, don't like that we're relying on what the shipper's telling us. Um, I also don't like that brokers are going to get in the middle here. No matter how hard I try to stop them, they're going to get in the middle and they're going to try to help be helpful. And brokers get the hell out of this discussion because this is the carrier's decision. And if the carrier has questions, you give the carrier this podcast, or you give them my article on LinkedIn, or you have the carrier call their own legal counsel. But you don't get in the middle. Uh-uh. That will get you in trouble, for sure. For sure. So stay out. As you can see, I think it's best that we should just follow the, the regulations. Whether we like them or not, just follow the regulations, our service regulations. It's not worth the legal fees. It's not worth the trouble. It's not worth a potential accident. But again, who knows? Cassandra here, and I appreciate you listening to me through this whole rant that I've been going on, and I hope this is helpful.